calienta su presencia, pero me quema su ausencia, su ausencia, no me calienta su presencia. Hello, hello and welcome to another Teacher's Coffee. Welcome everyone. We're very happy to be here again behind the microphones of Teachers Coffee and we have a very very special friend and uh, guest today which is who is not which is who is Maria Davo. Maria welcome. Thank you very much for inviting me guys. I'm so happy to be here again. You're my favorite people, you know that. You are our favorite person as well, Maria. And our favorite guest all the time. Every single show we have made with you so far has been a great success. So, Maria, uh, you're here because you would like to talk to us about something that I have already posted on Facebook, which is your amazing findings on deeper learning in education. You have somehow made uh, that concept that you started in your school, you have made it something in, like um, a program in education, I have to say. So, what is it all about, Maria? Okay, yes, deeper learning. Let me tell you how it all started. Uh, first of all, we are using deeper learning. Uh, we borrow the term. It's not our term, um, but it's not the same as the deeper learning thing they do in education in the States, which is totally different. Um, we use the, the name, the term, to describe a language education framework. Uh, it is uh, not just a method. It's a framework nowadays. After three years of having used it, used it, having used it in our school, it has become a framework. And it all started four years ago when my son, who was also teaching, uh, and he's he's been teaching since then uh, at my school, um, suggested that we make a huge change. We stop using course books, test books. Uh, and we make a shift from exam prep uh, C1, C2 classes to a sort of CLIL, Content and Language Integrated Learning framework with the extra addition of philosophical inquiry. So in, in our school, after B2, we stop using any course books, any ELT books, and we teach content through philosophical inquiry, which means we teach through questions. But these are non-googleable questions, questions without answer. Okay, so what is a question without answer? Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Because that, that reminds me, you know, of the rhetorical questions, the existential um, questions that we have in life. Is that somehow connected? It's very much connected. So deeper learning questions can be anything that, I mean, it might have an answer, but it's not an easy one. It's an answer we need to explore. And maybe it doesn't have just one answer, but 1,000 answers. So for example, the question of do animals uh, have a language or do animals feel pain, uh, like the, the, the human pain that uh, we perceive as pain, or do, do robots fall in love? 
or what happens to Cinderella after she hap she happily marries uh, the prince. Like we explore such things, but each deeper learning slot is dedicated to um, a theme. So you might have artificial intelligence, uh, uh, you might have poetry, you might have uh, human rights, so different themes or different big questions, like a very big question we've been trying to explore uh, and there is no answer to it is, who am I? Maria, that's extremely interesting. And I think basically from the way I hear you talking about this, you're talking about a completely critically thinking oriented syllabus. But I would like to be more specific. And uh, I think our listeners are wondering right now, are we talking about an entire syllabus which is connected to levels? I mean, how do you deal with differentiation um, regarding um, the levels uh, inside the classroom? How, how is the syllabus adapted to your everyday reality? Okay, um, let, let me just repeat that this this program, this framework was initially designed and in fact it's currently coordinated by Angelos Evangelides, my son, uh, and we, we have developed it together. So I put the educational aspect, he puts in the philosophical aspect. But what happens practically is that in our school we use it for C1 and C2 levels. So because we think that learners need to have enough language and language resources to be able to explore these big questions because also in deeper learning the the learning outcome the final outcome of each year is uh, a research paper of 1000 words uh, where students have to write you know like research questions and bibliography and everything there's there's a lot of written work involved uh, of, of academic um, kind now the syllabus is something each teacher creates but there are certain guidelines there are certain um, approaches it's a multimodal uh, lesson multimodal framework so you need to have for example visuals audios you need to have videos films poetry art um, even drama there's a lot of dramatization in deeper learning it's not a lecture it's not like a university course um, and it's it's a way to to explore things through um, advanced language but the final aim we know is to learn advanced language uh, so there's nothing like grammar exercises or you know like but there are ways in which learners um, play with language that are in reality very grammatical so for example if you take a fairy tale we talked about cinderella before um, and you you change the person of narration or you change the genre you make the fairy tale into an article or the article into a dialogue or the dialogue into a poem this is language work which requires not only vocabulary but also you know grammatical resources syntax word order all these things uh, structures so we explore language uh, in this way the most amazing thing is that when we started it i thought oh my god what what kind of risk are we taking i'm, I'm going to lose all my customers um but what happened was i mean people were excited about it we had amazing results with exams and after that, I started sharing the, the program with other schools. 
and at this point, there are 47 schools around Greece and Cyprus that have adopted deeper learning, but they do it differently. And I would say they it, 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 it's a... Um, it's, it's a very wise choice that they do it differently. For example, if they have five hours for their C1 level, they would do three hours the, the traditional way using the course book, uh, a practice test book, and they will dedicate two hours to deeper learning, which is the bookless lesson where students explore things. And this is a very um, valid way of doing it because you take the best out of two, the two worlds. Just that in our school, we have decided to to be very risky. So all the hours of your syllabi, uh, C1, C2, are devoted to this specific technique, nothing else. No traditional ways of coping with um, teaching at these particular levels, which obviously we need to inform the listeners that especially here in Greece, most of these levels are exam-oriented. So nothing like that. C1, C2, exclusively and um, um, uh, all the time, all the hours, deeper learning, right? Exactly. And this is what we are doing in, in my school. Um, there's no exam prep notion. Of course, all students take exams and they take, you know, major international exams. And luckily, or not, not surprisingly, though, uh, they pass uh, with very, very high grades. Um, the idea is that I know we are in a very exam-oriented uh, industry, but the idea is that we do not teach the test, we do not teach the level even, we teach people. And if people have the language to talk about interesting things, if people have the language to talk about the world inside them and outside of them, then they can pass all exams because they have the language. I could agree more, Maria, and this brings me back, you know, a phrase from, I guess, our mentor with Natasha Virginia Evans. He used to say, you don't have to pursue the certificate. The certificate will pursue you, meaning having the language, the necessary language, you can pass, as you said, any, any certificate. The certificates will come and find you. You don't go and have, you know, and spend all this time of boring tasks. Uh, and during, you know, this long syllabi, so to pass an exam. Or you can do it, you know, the halfway like they do in Cyprus as well. Great idea. I think that's the point, George. I mean, we found out that our learners were not motivated anymore. And the only motivation we were giving them in the past, because I used to do the traditional thing, you know, with a course book and tons of exam prep books and, and practice tests after practice test. And I mean, the only motivation is get a higher score, get a higher score. And really, what does that do to the teenage mind? I mean, we have these fantastic people full of energy and ideas and questions about the world. And we tell them, just take another practice test. No, uh, we tell them, start exploring this, this world around you and all this mess inside you and, and, and come up with answers, just do it in English. And I will give you the language, that's the role of the teacher. I'm here next to you, because we see the role of the teacher as uh, the one of a fellow traveler. I'm here next to you to give you language, to help you with the language to be able to explore these questions. Um, it's also a very learner-led 
um, program and, 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 and we give voice to our learners to come up with their own questions. So the syllabus, because you asked before, is basically co-constructed um, with the learners. Well, I love this idea, Maria, because, you know, uh, the latest findings in developmental psychology as well are connected to that, that we use language as a medium and not the target. Language is not the target itself. Um, as we grow up, finally, what we choose to express is the things that we have lived, the experience that we have had. So in that way, if you don't have experience, if you're just a blank piece of paper, you won't have the, uh, the necessary skills to put your thoughts into words because the words come and find you in order to express whatever you feel. I don't know if I'm making myself, myself clear, but I think that this uh, concept is very similar to what you have tried and put into force lately. And I'm very happy that I see this thing working because sometimes, you know, we, we tend to look at theories, but we don't know how to put them into force. And that's nice. That's really exciting that you have finally managed to do so, you and Agilos, this amazing kid of yours. <laughs> yes, Natasha, this is exactly the point. I mean, what you described um, as research findings from developmental psychology is, is one of the areas that inform us. Um, so along with philosophy, of course, and CLIL and critical pedagogy and bizarreness theory, because there are some theoretical frameworks we looked at to be inspired and get ideas from, because we had to back this uh, up. Uh, with with evidence from research on education and applied linguistics, um, but but I mean the best thing about it is uh, when children because they are children they're 13 14 15 years old and they and they they develop these amazing discussions for example we had yesterday on objectification theory and toxic masculinity and you know the the the, the human body as a commodity and they were discussing passionately. Uh, these things and I mean the, the outcome of all this is going to be a, a, an oral presentation at our youth conference that will take place in June either uh, physically or online we'll see how things uh, are by then so the other than the academic paper they will also present um, a paper uh, an oral presentation in front of a big audience on on their research um, which is a life skill if you think about it so they, they also learn academic English they learn how to present in front of an audience in English and we also organize a youth creativity day where they um, they present a creative project, like an open gallery, with anything they want that is inspired by the question they explored. So it might be a dance performance or a video installation or a work of art or photography. And it's all about an aspect of the big question they explored. So we try to make it as holistic as possible. George talked about criticality, which is central to deeper learning, and then it's creativity. And it's also life skills and linguistic language knowledge. Um, the, the second best thing about it that I want to mention is when, you know, when my students take mock exams at some point, like two, uh, twice a year, uh, to make sure they are ready for the exam, uh, never in class when we do deeper learning, it's always on a weekend. And, you know, I see the results, which are amazing. And sometimes I wonder, do they secretly attend an exam prep course? Or is it just deeper learning? 
that's really funny. <laughs> it's 100% deeper learning, Maria, because, you know, simply I'm keeping two words from what you said, a, an oral presentation and an academic paper. These are tasks per se that usually somebody, somebody is um, uh, required to do uh, later in his academic career. And you have achieved that um, uh, managing these tasks and, um, with uh, 15 and 16 year old kids in a foreign language to them completely. So I guess, you know, this, uh, this epitomizes and uh, really proves that uh, this method really works. Plus the great results and uh, all these uh, achievements that you have uh, told us before. I mean, what I feel is that we're somehow missing the essence of education um, by forcing our learners to see education as a final number. So will I get 60%, 65%? It happens with the Panhellenic exams as well. Uh, not just in Greece, it happens around the world. Um, but I'm, I'm dreaming of a world where we learn because we love learning. We learn for the sake of knowledge. And this is what deeper learning is about. It's like going back to what really matters. And what matters is thinking, exploring, creating, connecting. Wow, that's amazing. Mary, I could listen to you forever, but I want you to I want to ask you something really practical. So, a new teacher comes to your school and uh, they want to teach uh, by your side and they have uh, be, they have been exposed to the traditional way of teaching for these levels. So, are they given the freedom to choose an area of interest in order to develop the the, the questions and start teaching or do you give them a specific amount of number of uh, questions, uh, something like a pre-made uh, booklet that has to be done throughout the year. Let, uh, please help me with the practical side of uh, this method. Okay, to teach deeper learning, you have to have a passion. It does not have to be your job, but it has to be your passion. So we have a teacher, for example, who's passionate about comics. So I asked my teachers at the beginning of the school year, uh, or not, not even, I mean, the, the, at the end of the previous year, who would like to teach deeper learning? And if they say yes, they need to come up with um, topics, themes that they're really into, right? So, and, and as soon as they do that, we start exploring together possible big questions. Um, and then they get training on how to do it because, you know, it's very, very difficult to go bookless. Uh, the first time I taught deeper learning, uh, I was insecure. My hands were shaking. I mean, you cannot just tell your students now open your books and go to page 32 because there's no page 32. There's no page. Um, you, it, it requires a lot of preparation uh, on the part of the teacher. And that's another reason why not all teachers want to do it. But the teachers that do do it uh, and they explore with the students interesting areas for them uh, do not want to go back because everything else seems boring because, you know, you, you're basically, you become a new teacher. So it's not just that uh, it's learner-centered, 
It's also teacher-centered in the sense that the teacher becomes a different person and, and that's, you know, rejuvenating and you, you feel reborn as a teacher through deeper learning. Well, that's amazing because, you know, uh, in that way, it's not a static set of uh, questions or topics. It's something that changes from time to time and from person to person. And also a very good way to explore and express new passions since you follow the passions and not a certain syllabus that you create on your own. Yes, I mean, the key word you mentioned is that it's not static. Deeper learning is a very dynamic thing. I meet with uh, school owners that have adopted deeper learning once a month um, online, and we share experiences. And as I told you, it's um, 47 schools around Greece and Cyprus at this point. And we think that, I mean, there's interest from Italy as well. Um, so hopefully more school will join us. Um, and what they share with us is a fantastic feedback coming from students and parents and teachers. And something beautiful I heard the other day is that uh, a parent said to a school owner, now we talk with our children about different things. We have something to talk about. So it, it sort of changes the dynamics in the family as well, because, you know, it, it is interesting. So the children want to talk about these things with their parents, with their family, with their friends. Um, so they, they go back to class uh, with new ideas and new points and new questions. So it's it's constantly d changing, uh, more and more dynamic. So what you said, Natasha, is the key word. It's not static. Maria, listening to you all this time, I wanna I want to secure a place and uh, in this class because you know it must be also very fun, you know, a lot of fun. You know, you know. my daughter said that I see they have, uh, especially Irina, my eldest one. She has finished everything connected to to English and said, I want to go back to the classroom. I want to attend Maria's classroom because I would like to to grow in this, you know, with this uh, this approach. I would like to My work sister. on that. Yes, she said that. Maria, most probably um, many of our listeners would like to know where they can find you and where they can find more, uh, learn more about deeper learning. So where can people find you? Okay, I mean, you know, I'm very active on social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, even TikTok these days, because I, I, I want to be, you know, up to date with what my students are doing. Um, but uh, basically, a good place to begin with is my TED Talk. Um, uh, last year, it was exactly these days in fact a year ago um i did this ted talk in tedx patras for tedx patras and it wasn't deeper learning the the the, the 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 title is the beasts in the jungle playing with a henry james uh, book title um and it's like we are the beasts the learners we are the beast in this jungle of knowledge um, so you can you can watch my TED talk, which will give you a lot of information on deeper learning, and then you can get in touch with me um, through Facebook or use my email or Google me, and you'll find everything about me. Um, and you can be one of the schools that do deeper learning. And you know, I mean, deeper learning has also recently been awarded twice, in fact, one as an innovation in education from ELT Excellence Awards. And the other one was an international award on um, educational innovation as well uh, from a contest in the UK. Um, 
so it, it, it is becoming a, a brand name, if you want, and I'm very happy about it. But the most important thing is that even traditional schools that adopted it have changed. Teachers have changed, learners have changed. And when I see that, I mean, you know, it's touching, it, it's heartwarming. It, it, it makes me feel that something better in education is possible. Well, yes, uh, thank you so much, my dear friend. Uh, Maria gave me a set of uh, topics that we, we should discuss uh, at Teacher's Coffee, so I will have to renew our invitation because we're going to cover all of them throughout the year, <laughs> I have to say. So you don't have to ask me if we would like to talk about this. I, I'm saying yes and in public already. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Natasha. It's always great to be here. I just want to say one last thing about deeper learning. Yes. Um, we had a, I had a professor, he was my professor of philosophy of science, Aristides Arayorgis, who happened to be uh, my son's professor as well at the National Technical University of Athens for philosophy of science after 23, 25 years. And we had the same professor and uh, his name was Aristides Arayoris. He uh, passed away in 2018 and uh, we dedicate deeper learning to his memory because he was the one who taught us to ask big questions, to not be certain about our answers and to keep exploring. So I always want to mention his name and thank him wherever he is uh, in this universe. Uh, for what he gave us. We also thank you very much, Maria. And yes, very we, sweet. I yeah, liked it. Absolutely, very sweet. Of course, I'm, I'm sure he's listening to us. Uh, this man, wherever he is right now. Um, uh, yeah, let's uh, let me remind our listeners about um, some of the webinars that are coming. First of all, uh, thanks to all the participants. We had an amazing uh, webinar with Mr. Bobobi uh, two days ago on CLIL. And next week is coming Mike Kenteris mm -hmm. with Flip Classroom. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think we will have so many seats available because registrations, you know, really are going through the roof regarding this webinar. And don't forget that we also have two weeks from now on the 12th of uh, December, uh, Mr. Maggioli, the president uh, of IATFL, uh, talking about uh, his new book on task-based learning from Express Publishing. Um, and uh, do we have anything else, Natasha, to remind them? Um, we have two offers that have uh, started running uh, quite recently. We, uh, you can find uh, from uh, the beginning of that, that started in, at the beginning of, of uh, not September, of December, and it will go on up to the 25th of December. It's the Christmas offer. You, you will, whatever, if you go online and order uh, readers or digibook readers uh, from the Express Publishing eShop, you will have a 30% discount. And stay tuned because uh, we will create something like a New Year's countdown. We can say a little bit more next time because it's pretty soon. After the Christmas offer finishes, we'll have a New Year offer counting five days uh, with different items every day, a 24 flash sale on the eShop. So stay tuned because we will soon announce everything. But uh, I think it's worth it because it's nice to have access to resources with better prices as well. Hey, I would rather... 
And of course, because we've been receiving many, many emails, the certificates regarding Bob Bobby's webinar have already been sent. And those of you who want to watch the recordings again, they will be uploaded upon completion of EP Training Room Season 3, that is after the uh, 14th, 15th of December, in the usual corner of our website, Teachers Corner, where we place uh, all the webinars under the title Webinars. So yeah, be a little bit patient and um, webinar you will be able to watch them again and again if you missed anything or you want to repeat some of these um, uh, recordings or jot down some of the um, content, um, they're going to be there. So Marie, if you're still here, thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Thank you, guys. You thank here. you so much. Uh, I'm wishing everybody happy holidays, a fantastic 2021. Let's hope it's a better year than this one. Let's only hope. Fingers crossed. And it's goodbye from me. Have a happy weekend. And it's goodbye from me. Bye-bye, Maria. See you soon.